0: there is something special when you hear men worship. So I just yeah. praise God for that. Hey, listen, I just wanna talk, I wanna give a brief overview of the seven promises of a Promise Keeper, which we have here. This is kinda of gonna be our outline uh, for, for the seven weeks final list. I'm gonna give a, 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 an overview of all seven, then we'll go in depth on these seven. Let me start by saying this, though Promise Keepers is not simply an organization, Promise Keepers is a mentality. It's not simply an organization, it's a mentality. And the mentality has its basis in these seven promises. So let's take a look at these seven promises. The first one is to honor God. A promise keeper is committed to honoring Jesus Christ through worship, prayer, and dedication of uh, uh, worship, prayer, and obedience to God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. So an elementary definition of the word honor would be to hold in self-esteem, to hold in high esteem. If I honor someone, you hold them in great esteem. So for example, when I was in the military, if a general walked in the room, we'd all stand up and honor him. Because, you know, so, so what I'm saying is, when we saw him, we did something. Right. Right? If if a president walks in the room, you just stand up, you know. It, when certain people walk into a the room, there's something you do because of what you honor them. You know, it's not just something you say, but again, when a general walked in, everybody stood at attention, we did something. We show we honor God, not simply by what we say, but by what we do. Amen. It's not my words that show I honor, God, I honor God, it's what I do that shows I honor God. If you would, meet me over there in Romans, the 12th chapter in the first and second verse Romans 12 one and two yeah. in technology is so awesome that i can have this little video phone <laughs> <laughs> and have the whole bible so so this is how he said Paul said we honor God he said i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service we show we honor god by presenting our bodies a living sacrifice yeah. mm-hmm. But let me tell you something you already know. Sometimes that is a challenge. Because we have these things called emotions. We have these things called feelings. And sometimes my feelings don't match what my faith says I should do. So my faith says one thing, but my feelings say something different. My faith says that when you cut me off, I shouldn't. <laughs> but when you cut me off, I feel like And so now the question becomes Am I going to follow my faith Or am I going to follow my feelings Now Paul is so wise Because he understood That sometimes our feelings Can prevent us from honoring God So he says here's how you Honor God when your feelings Don't push you to honor God He said listen be in verse 2 Be not conformed to this world But be transformed By the renewing of your mind He said, listen, this world will try to get you to conform to itself. And the world is is, is diametrically opposed to God's will. If I follow the world, I promise you, I'll never get in God's will. And the whole world is trying to get us to conform to it. And Paul said, listen, man, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. The word transform is interesting. That word transform in the Greek is the word metamorphosis which is where we get the word metamorphosis. And a metamorphosis is the physiological and biological change that a caterpillar undergoes to become a butterfly. That's right. God says, you may look like a little slow, ugly caterpillar right now, but I'm trying to transform you to become a beautiful butterfly. So it doesn't matter what you look like right now. Doesn't matter how dead out you are right now. Honoring God will cause you to be transformed into the beauty of a butterfly. What you are is not close to what you can be if I can simply renew my mind. And it is the renewing of my mind that allows me to continue to honor God. Mm. Because, again, the world is trying to get me to conform, but God is saying be transformed. And the way I'm transformed is to renew my mind. It's almost like taking a shower. I take a shower every day. You know why? Because even though I'm not trying to get dirty, just by walking in the world, I get dirty. And so I try to take a shower every day. And Pastor Bill, sometimes I take more than one shower a day. Because sometimes if I'm working in the yard or working on a car, I get really dirty. And if I get really dirty, I need to take another shower. Men of God, sometimes we need to take spiritual showers. Because sometimes we're in situations that get us spiritually dirty that will prevent us from honoring God. That's right. And so the way to honor God in the midst of the dirt is to renew our mind or wash our mind with the word of God, which is what we're doing right now. Amen. Amen. That's right. The way we honor God, we continue to renew our mind so I can keep my mind right, so I don't follow my feelings, I follow my faith. And when I follow my faith, I honor God. Right. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. The second promise is brotherhood. The promise keeper is committed to pursuing vital relationships with a few other men, understanding that he needs brothers To help him keep his promises. A brotherhood is an association of people with similar interests. An association uh, where people have common ideologies. It's an accountability group, which is what we have here. And here's why, guys, there is very little inspiration in, in isolation. When you isolate yourself, you separate yourself from the very help that we all need. But isn't it interesting? Have you ever been discouraged? Have you ever, maybe you made a mistake or maybe you had a falling out or something happened. Isn't it interesting that the first thing the devil would tell you to do is stay away from church? Yeah, that's not right. Have you noticed that when you get discouraged, when you need brothers the most, the devil will push you to stay away from the very thing you need. Understand and recognize the trick of the enemies. We need each other. Check this scripture out, guys. It'll do you some good. No. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians 4. Let's look at uh. Let's look at verse 16. From the whole body, we are fitly joined together. Let me just pause. Can y'all come help me real quick? Help me preach this real quick. Y'all too. Come here, can you Yeah. I need y'all help. (laughs) So check this out. This is what the Bible says. All right, the Bible says you can write here that we are fitly joined together. So this is fitly joined together. Pastor Bill, come help me real quick. All right, Pastor Bill, I want you to try to push me. Just push me. You can't push me. You know why? Because we're fitly joined together. And if I get you right here. But Pastor Bill, say this. Now we're not. Fitly joined together, I've isolated myself. Now try to push me. Yeah. See, it's a lot easier to push me down, to knock me down, when I'm not fitly joined together. Yeah, that's right. And so, in the, BC, <laughs> right. in the book of Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, Paul said, "I want y'all to be fitly joined together because, see, you might get weak, and the devil can knock you out. But when when you're weak and I'm strong, for the devil to knock you out, he got to knock all of us out." And he can't knock all of us out. That's why we got to stay together as brothers because we need each other. Thank you. Right. We, the brotherhood is important because all of us at times get weak. Mm-hmm. And when I get weak, I need to know that I have a brother that I can call on. Amen. We are better together. Amen. And all of us together are better than any of us in isolation. The third promise of promise keeper is integrity. A promise keeper is committed to practicing spiritual, moral, ethical, and sexual purity. See, integrity means I do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it, whether somebody is watching me or not. You watching me does not determine what I do. My moral compass, my, my commitment to honor God is the basis of my integrity. So I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do whether somebody is watching me or not. See, society has this confused because society tells young boys, if because you're a man, you can do what you want to do. That's a common thing. Since I'm a man, I can do what I want to do. But here's what I learned. Being a man doesn't mean I do what I want to do. You know you're a man when you do what you're supposed to do. Man, that's right. That's what a real man is—not somebody that does what they want to do. A man is somebody that does what they're supposed. How many times have you gotten up in the morning and not felt like going to work? <laughs> <laughs> but you're supposed to go to work. I put because I Men, we do what we are supposed to do, in spite of what we like doing. It, it, it's my integrity and it's not based on what somebody's watching. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 5, 5 and 14 says like this, the love of God constrains me. My love for God, it, it, it holds me back from doing some things. There are sometimes I want to do stuff that I know aren't right, but because I love God, 2 Corinthians 5 and 14 says that love, it, it won't let me. There are some things I just won't do because I love God there are some things I just won't do because I love my wife. There are some things I just won't do because I love my family. It is an issue of integrity. And it's that love because I honor him that I'm going to walk in integrity. I'm going to walk in integrity again. Manhood doesn't mean I do what I want to do. It means I do what I'm supposed to do. Manhood doesn't mean I don't listen to anybody. You're a man. You don't have to listen to anybody. That's what the world says. That's being conformed to the world. Here's what it is. Because I'm a man, I figured out who to listen to. We all listen to somebody. Being a man means you figured out who to listen to. As a matter of fact, anytime I make a big career decision, I have three or four people I always call and I say, I want to get your opinion. I want to know what you think. Pastor Bill, I'm not a good mechanic, so almost every time I buy a car, I want to find a mechanic. I don't want to take because I want I want somebody with me that's been through what I'm going through and they're an expert in the situation. So being a man doesn't mean I don't ask anybody. It means I found an expert in this matter and I want their opinion because I don't want to make the mistake that others have made. Listening to the right people will give you the wisdom of decades and days. Listening to the right people will save mistakes, it will save you time, it will save you money. Listening to the right people and real men they know who to listen to kind of got off on a full but let's get back number four is family a promise keeper is committed to building strong marriages and families through love protection and biblical values that's what a promise keeper is so, so here's what I'm saying uh, e- Ephesians 5 and 25 let's look at that real quick Ephesians 5 and 25 I just like to go through the Bible sometime. Yeah, that's, that's a good practice. The very first, <laughs> that's a good practice. very first part he said, husband, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church. And guess what he did? He gave himself for it. Mm-hmm. Here's another thought. I'm not just going to give myself and die for my family, but I'm going to live for my family. How about that? Here's the reality, guys. A husband, the word husband is a compound church. word. The word house and the word baby. You may have been like me when I was in school, I used to take a rubber band, and when I had papers, I would put a rubber band around those papers. The reason I did it is because if by chance I dropped those papers and it came into a collision with the world, the papers wouldn't scatter. If if my papers came in conflict with something, I didn't want them to scatter. So to protect them, I put a rubber band around them. Because I knew at some time. I might drop it, and it might come in conflict with the world. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm here to tell you, the devil wants conflict with all of our families. The devil is coming to all of our families. And the question is, is there somebody there saying, no, I got this. For you to get to this family, you got to come through me first. I'm the house band that's protecting my... You know why so many families are out of place? Mm -hmm. Because men are misplaced. And the view of manhood is replaced with what we see in the movies and the media. Yeah, I'm a house fan. I'm going to protect my family. To get to my family, you got to come through me first. There you go. And you don't have to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger to do it. Because the truth is, you are never stronger and bigger than when you were on your knees. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five, servant. A promise keeper understands that Jesus called him to be the hands and feet of Jesus, serving others with integrity. He purposely lifts up the leadership in the church and his nation in prayer. Look at Romans 12 and 4. And this is for anybody who ever felt like, you know, I really don't have gifts. I don't have talents. Uh, Maybe I can't preach like this one, sing like that one, play an instrument. Maybe I can't cook. You feel like you don't have talents? Look at what the Bible said. Romans 12 and 4. For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. Listen. There is somebody that God needs to preach. There is somebody that God needs to pray. There is somebody that God needs to sing. But there's also somebody God needs to turn the lights on. Yeah. yeah. There's somebody God needs to set up the music equipment. Everybody in here has a spirit, has a job, has a responsibility. Right. And let me tell you something. While man might uplift the preacher and say the preacher is all that, God is not impressed by what anybody does unless they're doing what He called them to do. Right. You know what impresses God? When you do what you were called to do. And, you, and, and, and listen, I'm gonna tell you something. If 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 my car is running rough, I don't want to preach it. Give me a mechanic, <laughs> right? If my air goes out in my house, I don't want a great musician, Brother Joel. I love you, but I'm not calling you. Give me an HVAC guy. Yeah, there you go. It's everywhere. Everywhere in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my point. Everybody has a unique blend of gifts, talents, and abilities. You are all that in a bag of chips plus tax. You're awesome just the way you are. You have everything you need to do what God called you to do. All of us are in service, so never feel bad or inferior because you don't have what somebody else has. That's right. If you don't have what somebody else has, all that means is that you don't need it to do what God called you to do. That's, right. That's, That's right. all that means. Never feel inferior, never feel bad. You, you don't have to because you have I remember Pastor when I was young, I used to feel so bad because all of my cousins were like six feet and, and great athletes. And I'm probably the worst athlete in my family, except <laughs> for my son. He might argue that point. He might argue that point. <laughs> but, but here's what I found out. I don't need to be a great athlete to do what God called me to do. If you don't have it, it's because you don't need it. Here's my challenge for you. Identify the gift, talents, and abilities you have and recognize how to use them to give God glory. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your reward on this earth is not in doing what God called somebody else to do. It's in doing what God called you to do. Mm -hmm. So do understand that we're all called to service. And somebody might say, well, I'm just a cook. Man, I'm telling you what, again, when I get hungry, (laughs) I want
1: want to cook. I want a good one too,
0: you know, right? Yeah, your gift is valuable. Your gift is needed. Yeah, that's right. Yes, we're all called to serve All right. Number six is unity. A promise keeper is committed to reaching beyond any racial, denominational, generational, and cultural barriers to demonstrate the power of biblical authority. Listen, guys. One of the biggest things that the enemy uses to destroy us is disunity. That's right. He wants us to be Disjointed because you're a different color than I am because you like different kind of food than I like because you speak with a different dialect than we like what unifies us is so much greater than what divides us our our common interests are so much greater than our differences our common interests in this group every one of us in here want to be a God man we all want to influence the world for God that is greater than any difference that we have and I want to encourage all of us to focus on the main thing. And the main thing is not whether you'd have a BMW like my son or a big old Dooley. You, know, you know, you might like a Dooley, he likes a BMW. You know, what whatever you like is fine. You might want cowboy boots, he might want Jordans. It's all, it doesn't matter. You might have a ponytail, but Raymond got a bald head. But it's all good. <laughs> Our differences don't separate us, but our common interests still—they should unify us. And let's not let the enemy get us focused on our differences. Yeah. Psalm one thirty three and one, real quick. I'm gonna I'm go here, and I'm almost done, y'all. I'm gonna be finished of course, as reference. soon as I'm done. It. Psalm one thirty three one. Yes, sir. Look at what he said. He said, "Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to come together in unity." When I was in the military, you know, we have leadership meetings and and one guy would say, we should do it this way. And another guy would say, we should do it this way. And then we finally come to a conclusion and we say, well, we're going to have to agree to disagree. The Lord gave me a revelation. He said, instead of agreeing to disagree, why not agree to agree? Maybe it's not going to get done your way. Maybe your plan is not the plan that's chosen, but it doesn't mean the plan can't work. And what I'm saying is, even if it's not your plan, agree to operate in the plan that's agreed upon. That's unity. Unity is not agreeing to disagree. Unity is agreeing to agree, even if it's not what I decide. There you go. And the Bible says, when brothers agree to agree, it is like the precious ointment on the head. That ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to his skirts, going down to the end of verse three. And there, the Lord commanded the blessing. You want to see God bless men when men come together in unity? The Bible says God will command a blessing to that place. There's something that happens when men get together for a common purpose. The Bible said God will command a blessing in that area. I believe God is trying to command a blessing in Chico, California, yes. and I believe we're part of the brothers that's going to make this thing happen. Because yes. Yes. I believe we have a bunch of promise keepers. And I don't care what you ever wear the hat or the shirt. I want to challenge you to take on the mentality. Because the mentality is way more important than the shirt. Alright, last one. Obedience. A promise keeper is committed to influencing his world, being obedient to the Great Commission, Commandment and the Great Commission. Listen, at the end of the day, we want the same thing. We want the world to be influenced by Jesus Christ. Amen. Last scripture, 2 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3. Am I giving you too many scriptures? Oh, no. Good, I was Is, like, there, Is there <laughs> such a thing? I didn't think so. Throw the Bible at us. <laughs> Corinthians. Wait a minute. That's not the scripture I want. Second Corinthians three. Yeah. What? Did I, okay. I did say three. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. Oh, third chapter. Right. Look at what he said. He said, "We are epistles, but ye are our epistles written in your heart, written in our hearts, known and read of men." Paul says, "You are epistles, An epistle is a letter that's known and read of men." So when here's, I want to tie this into obedience. So Paul said. Basically, you are a living epistle. When people read your life, they should see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because the apostles they wrote epistles, and the epistles testified of Jesus. When people on your job see you living, when they see you, they should see Jesus. Because you are a living epistle. Our our lives should be a testimony. And again, it's not just what I say. It's what I do. I heard Zig Ziglar say this one time. More attention people pay to what you do than what you say. Mm -hmm. The truth is, sometimes our actions speak so loud that people can't hear what we're saying. Mm. To the men here, I want to challenge all of us to to not just look at these seven promises, but men, let's adhere to these seven promises. And I believe in doing so, we'll be a blessing now, the blessing won't just stop at us because remember the God the, the Bible said God will command the blessing but the blessing won't just be for us That's right. it'll be for our families our communities our city our state and who knows what the influence will be right. let's pray Lord we just thank you